We welcome you back to another episode of Inside Boxing Live. Dan Canobio, along with former 140-pound world champion. Look at him right now. Chris Algieri in a luxurious setting, living his best life. We all love to see that. What a weekend we had in boxing. Chris, you look very relaxed. How are you, man? Very relaxed. Life is good. Life looks good for you right now, man. I got to say, I, I wish I was there and not in New York where it's pouring all weekend. You just look like you're on a vacation. Look like you're just enjoying the fruits of your labor. I mean, this is this is this is life now, man. This is uh, things are good. This is life, right? You're you're now like you're, you're just living that media life and you're a pun. You're a boxing pundit as much as uh, you were not this weekend. You are a boxing pundit. Listen, I'm never not. Even though I wasn't this weekend, I was still doing my homework, watching the fights, very much abreast of what's going on. Hmm. So uh, the work never stops. That's one thing about being being media, being pundit, uh, being a pundit now is I'm way more invested in everyone else's fights than I right. ever was. I never cared about anybody else except for my own. You know, now that I have to work my own career, I am yeah. I am uh, I'm worried about everyone else's because it matters because everyone wants to hear what's going on. And this is what we're here for. Inside Boxing Live is here to keep the fans abreast of, of what's going on. So yeah, That's right. That's damn right. Uh, we have a very fun episode today. We're going to talk um, about Canelo and Charlo. We're going to be heading out to Las yeah. Vegas this week. Uh, we have some really cool stuff planned uh, with ppv.com. They're sending us out there once again. We're going to have give, uh, giveaways, more pay-per-view giveaways, some of the best content. Where we're going to be working with Jim Lampley. We're going to work with Lance Pugmire. We're going to working with a lot of people out in Vegas. We're heading out Tuesday night. Uh, we will also get into this weekend's uh, with Big Bang Zhang. Did the Big Bang thing. Took out Joe Joyce again. But first, obviously, we want to get this. Uh, out of the way, I know everyone's been asking me. They've been asking you, Chris. Connor Ben returned to the ring Saturday night at the Carib Royale in Orlando. Uh, he picked up unanimous decision win. He fought 154 pounds. Um, we'll get into how he looked in there, but obviously this was news. Uh, you were pulled off the card. Uh, Eddie Hearn spoke about it and confirmed it. Obviously, on Friday's or midweek show last week, we talked about you being on the card, and then you weren't. So the floor is yours to... You know, how did you feel when when that happened? Take us through whatever, because I know a lot. Of, there are some fans out there and our listeners that are interested in, in in what exactly happened. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's it's um it was it was news to me. I mean, it's foreign to me to go through this thing, but I don't think it is for um, a lot of boxing commentators from um, a lot of of my professional colleagues who've reached out to me during this whole process, and they say, yeah, listen, this happened to me. This is it is what it is. Like. How you doing? I said, I'm fine. They're like, yeah, I know you're fine. But like this, you know, this, this, this happens. This happened to me. This I've heard that from so many different guys. So it is what it is. So, um, yeah, I was, I was booked for the fight several weeks ago. And then when I had gotten wind that, uh, Connor was going to be in the card, I was like, Oh, I'm probably going to get pulled from this. And, uh, sure enough, that's exactly what happened. And, um, it wasn't given a reason, you know, it wasn't given a reason by, by anyone from his own or, or from Matrim. So Matrim has nothing to do with, with booking me for fights anyway. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't that, but his own said, Hey, listen, I mean, we got to play from the car. We're really sorry. I said, yeah, it's fine. I, I, ex I honestly expected this. So it is what it is. So take, take whatever you will from that. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it's, it, this is, this is boxing, man. This is boxing media. And, 
there's a lot of personalities in the sport. There's a lot of things that are said in, in, in this, this business. And, you know, some people like to hear the truth. Some people don't. So it is what it is. Yeah. That was the thing. It's like, Oh, I was reading all the, the reading the tweets just bizarre to me. Like seeing your name come up on, on from Michael Benson, like the news, that Twitter aggregator guy, Chris Algeri has been pulled like exclamation point. And I'm just sitting there on my couch th- scrolling through Twitter. I'm like, what is going on? We're, we're now, or we're in the headlines now for, for 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 silly reasons like this, but I I do get it from from their standpoint. But the thing that 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 I know just from working with you, and I think a lot of fans reiterated in our listeners and responses to the tweets was, oh, Chris would have been a professional about it. Chris wouldn't have let it, you know, uh, cloud his judgment. That I know is true. Um, I wish you know maybe Dazone or or Matchroom whoever would have known that, but you know they had to do with the the right thing and it seems like they are very much in the corner matchroom is very much in the corner of connor ben i i honestly think it's kind of crazy to kind of put so much defense behind the guy is it really worth it uh, in reality because yes obviously they're building up towards a, a eubank fight but man they are going hard uh with the the, the pr machine you know a lot of I sit down interview with mannix they did a walk and talk with her and they did a lot of PR for this guy. And I just have to wonder if it's really worth it in the end, because the, the truth does come out. The truth, you know, fans have made their, made their opinions on it and, and let it be known too. So I'm just curious about that aspect. I know they want to cash out with Eubank and, and obviously I think Eubank could probably beat the version of Connor Ben we saw last night. So I, I, all in all, like I, I kind of get this whole situation. They, they are the ones tied to Connor Ben. Like you are, you work the media side. They're the ones that they're working with Connor Ben for the next foreseeable future. You know, if it came from him, it came from someone, whoever it came from, you know, they're, they're going to appease him because he he's the fighter and all of it. But just boxing, man, it's all these sagas. It's absolutely crazy, right? Pulled off. It became a well, big yeah, thing. I mean, yeah, it became a big, big thing, and which was surprised to me because it wasn't a big thing to me. And I, I wasn't I wasn't bothered by it. Like I said, I wasn't surprised by it. I predicted it. Um, but listen, at the end of the day, only in boxing, only in boxing. If we're gonna if we're gonna really talk about the nitty gritty about this whole situation and the fact that you know a lot of people are out there saying that he shouldn't have fought on on Saturday night, and um, whether I believe that or not, it, it, it's it, nobody cares. It's, it's not really that's really, not really the point. The point is that this is this would only happen in the sport of boxing. This would never happen in MLB. This happened in right. MLS. This will never happen in in NFL. This would never happen in UFC. That's the real crazy part. Because if you remember a few years ago, um, it's been a lot of years now. It's probably seven or eight years ago that the UFC was losing a lot of main events off of uh, adverse findings and, and, and drug tests. Right. What did Dana White do? As as he was the boss, right? Because the UFC, there's only one organization re- that, that people are really, really tuned into. Yeah, Bellator was big. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's PFL now, which has become very big. The UFC is big still... Ball. Strike force was big for a while, but at the end of all the all, it's, it's it's UFC. Right. Very 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 different than boxing. What did what did Dana do? He's the head honcho of MMA, right? We're gonna we're gonna say UFC, but it's it's MMA. He's he's the boss of MMA. What did he do? He assigned a drug czar to oversee everything. And they brought in Vada and they they rigorously tested everybody. And whether or not the sport is still clean, that's you know whether we want to we want to go that deep or not and we're not going to but how many main events in ufc in recent year i'm asking you dan right now how many fights in ufc history recently in recent years main events 
have fallen to adverse findings. Listen, I, I'm I'm a, I would say I'm a casual UFC fan, but not a lot. I mm-hmm. feel like more injuries right. than anything. How many have we had in boxing oh in the God. last six months? Just matchroom alone. Events. Matchroom alone. Right. So this is why boxing gives itself black eyes and continues to do so. And this is the difference between the other sports. This is the difference between the UFC, which in terms of combat sports, listen, boxing is boxing, man. UFC, I, and personally, I, I don't think I don't think MMA can hold a candle to boxing. And I, I never think it will. But in terms of the business side, in terms of promotions, this is why we are different than them. Yeah. And this is why, and not in a good, not in a good way, not in a good way. This is why the fans treat us the way they do. Yeah. This is why the trans, the fans treat UFC the way they do. This is why there's so much drama around boxing, and there's so much like ah, the corruption, the pads, everything gets swept on the red light rugs. district. It's the red light district sport. It's the wild, wild west. It's unreal, unfortunately, man. Still it, to this day. Yep. No, you're right. With with the with, with Dana White, I mean, there was a pros and cons. I've had the arguments. I've seen the arguments. I've been part of the arguments of UFC versus boxing. Having just one singular uh, authority, like the UFC, is good and it's bad. Like the for good, obviously, is they're cleaning up the sport and uh, ruling. You know, this is it. You know, in boxing, or at least trying to, at least at least making it a public thing. You right. know, a, a drive for it. We're doing the opposite. We we are literally like, we just we just skirt it. We we skirt the issue. Oh, and I understand why Eddie, Eddie, and any promoter of a fighter that tests positive, any fighter that tests positive, why they do and act the way they do afterwards. It's almost like the same recipe. It's deny that deny it. Number one, throw a bunch of misinformation and a bunch of stuff out headlines, just muddy the waters, muddy the waters. And then the part that I don't understand that I've been seeing a lot lately is become like the victim in all of it, like whether it's Bumgarner, and I'm sure that she's, you know, that's still up in the air. We haven't heard much about that, but you're playing this like victim mentality and Ben too, you know, he, I see some headlines where it's like, oh, I've been through so much and I've been through this and, you know, give us the toughest battles. Like you're not a victim, bro. Like you're not a victim. So stop with that. I would love for just one fighter to be like one athlete to be like, yeah, I did PEDs. You know, I, I need them. <laughs> it's a tough sport and I'm looking to make generational money so I could set myself up just like anyone else would. But that's just never going to happen. Well, that, and- that'll never happen. But all, but also just to be like, I don't know how it got there, but it, it's there and I'll take my suspension and just go on from there. Like, you know, it, honor, there's there's a certain way, an honorable way to do it. I don't know. Just boxing seems to skirt that issue. Well, so. but, uh, my point being, and, and to piggyback of what you said, it's like I understand the last year and a half or however long it's been. The process because it's it's what you can do you can you can use the box the, the wild west nature of the sport to your advantage and loopholes and loopholes and, and, loopholes to, you know to announce a fight and... four days out announce a fight four days out or they're going to be on the card in, in florida wasn't the biggest um venue i've been there i've worked there it's an awesome venue don't get me wrong i love the Caribe royale but it's not a huge venue uh and it's a smaller commission and in, in, in florida okay it some other states wouldn't, uh, you know, the, the BBOC or over in, in, in the UK is pretty adamant that I couldn't believe that they would uh, they would do it. But whatever. The guy fought um, a lot of fighters have tested for PEDs and, and they've sat out for a year or whatever, or six months, even less. Uh, and they got in there. What do you think about how he looked? Because I, I watched it a little bit on my phone. I was out. Um, I, I don't think he should fight at 154. I mean, I think he's going to be so outsized there. He looked like a guy that hadn't fought in 17 months. Looked like a guy that was struggling with power, maybe ring rust. Like if his opponent wasn't um, had a little more power, that he would have been for a, a rough fight. Uh, what'd you think of Ben yeah. actually in the ring? 
Honestly, I think he fought well and he showed a lot of um, the tricky stuff that's made him effective in the past. You know, like he still landed really big shots, like yeah. was able to find them. Um, but I, I, I saw a, uh, a degradation in his skill set. I, I think he's looked better. I think he, I thought he looked better when he fought me. I thought he looked better in fights before. Um, there was no setups for the fight. Um, he wasn't using his jab. His explosiveness was different very very different he wasn't closing the gap the same way um that was the big thing i always said when i fought him like i was really surprised how fast he closed the gap and how explosive he was i'd never seen that in fights before and i didn't see that again when he fought um a roscoe listen roscoe is very very tough but like the size i've never seen a guy move up and weight look smaller and and ben, <laughs> ben did, just did he looked smaller at 54 than 47 um and again like i said like uh, I was impressed with him late in the fight because it seemed like he started to fade and then he really pulled out and like started to like let his hands go and land some big shots. And Roscoe, as he tired, I think then actually uh, was able to take advantage of, uh, of a lot of those situations and land some really big shots. He, he was able to stun Orozco a few times, um, but definitely looked undersized, outgunned, couldn't physically bully him around, didn't have that explosiveness, wasn't closing the distance in that way that um, I, I saw personally in the ring. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, he's, he's, they, they want that Eubank fight at 160. That's he looks small 54, you know? Hey, look, Orozco looked big for 54. I don't know how really big he really is. Cause he's again, tall. Ben looks so small, um, at the weight. I mean, Ben's short, so uh, everyone's going to look taller than him, but physically he didn't look imposing at the weight. No, he didn't. Um, so seeing him, seeing him at 60 against a guy like Ben, uh, I'm sorry, a guy like Eubank. And and Eubank is tall, and he's not the biggest 60-pound in the world, but the guy's dense. He's super lean and dense and sh- and add the weight. So you know, we, we spoke about that with, with Canelo in terms of his size and Charlo being taller, but yeah, density matters. You know, muscle density matters. And uh, Eubank has that. I just I, I don't see that um, in Ben right now. Um, I don't see that if he's able to move up. Um, if he's going to be able to carry that, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, that's that's yet to be seen. But that's, well, that's he's not going anywhere. If that fight can ever happen, he's not going anywhere. We're going to see a lot more of him, uh, whether it's in the UK or sure. not, or whether it's just here in the states. Um, Eubank is the fight. Hearn said it. I mean, that's pretty much why he's been riding with him for the last year, defending him tooth and nail, is because they want to cash in on that Eubank fight. If it's not in the UK, then it's just a weird fight. Like, it, it, that's the that's a UK fight. So for them to fight that in like Saudi Arabia or like somewhere here in the States, it's that's odd. Um, well, I think well, should... for, for the fans at home. So so just so they know, I mean, in terms of anyone who is uh, under, uh, not under understanding what's going on, BBOC, UCAD, their appeals still stand. That's two different appeals mm-hmm. that still stand on the uh, clearance of Terrence, of, of uh, Conor Ben. Conor Ben cl- was cleared to fight. It was not illegal for him to fight. Let's, right. let's put that completely out there. But there are two open appeals, UCAD and BBOC. So um, that's where a lot of the hoopla came about people like, oh, you shouldn't fight until those are done, um, which is very understandable. But in terms of making that Eubank fight and making it in in the UK, which is the biggest money fight available possible, they're going to have to clear those appeals. They're going to have to get the OK from UCAD. They're going to have to get the UK from BBOC. Um, And Smith from, from BBOC literally came out immediately and said he should not be fighting right um so that holds a lot of weight in terms of if that fight could potentially happen in in 
in England, which is I'm sure where the teams and, and her are pushing the fight to be. Um, like you said, if that fight were to happen anywhere else, if it's going to happen in uh, Saudi or, or, or wherever, it's, it's not the same, so not no. the same draw, not the same, not draw. The same draw. But the, the, yeah, that's a good point you bring up with the UCAT and, and, and the BBOC. It's like, these all these organizations don't work with each other, but they very rarely go against each other. But they found a, a state commission in Florida. They found someone that that would okay it, and that's the part that that was a little interesting because uh, usually you see some uniformity uh, between these organizations, even though they don't exactly work together. Uh, but they found a spot for him to fight, and honestly, I think one forty seven would probably be better suited for him. You know, wait, wait for those belts to disperse if Crawford leaves the the weight class and and find someone at one forty seven because I know I tweeted this out and and um, you know, people are gonna tune in. Like I find myself, I I made a made sure to to watch the fight yesterday. <laughs> After all the all the nonsense and all and all that, I wanted to see how he looked. It's just the nature of human, just human nature to see how the guy would he looked in there and and everything. And I, so I do think there is an interest in it because it's it's just human nature and it's boxing, but. You know, 154, 160. No, that's not a middleweight. I didn't see a middleweight in the ring list uh, on Saturday night. I saw, you know, a, a welterweight who was going to have to get back in the ring soon and, and, and find some power fast and do it uh, cleanly. Uh, that's, that's the main thing. Uh, let's get to this. Uh, our friends at PPV. This is exciting now. Let's get that out of the way. We're done with that. Now we're on to a bigger and better. We're going to Las Vegas, baby. We're back. Uh, and ppv.com. I'm, I'm putting the shades back on. I'm, I'm putting the shades back on for talking about Vegas. <laughs> there we go. We're going to Vegas, and ppv.com is sending us. That's because Mexican superstar, pound for pound, all time great Canelo Alvarez. He's putting all of his belts on the line against Jermel Charlo and all his belts at 154. Undisputed versus undisputed Saturday, September 30th, live on ppv.com. We are partnering partnering with ppv.com. We have been partnering with them we did our crawford spence fight week which was amazing exclusive interviews and a ton of content all week long on instagram tiktok twitter you name it we're going to be doing interviews and hanging out with all of the big names out there i will be watching this fight on ppv.com um and it's the best and only streaming platform where boxing fans can participate in a live interactive chat hosted by boxing experts Jim Lampley, ever heard of him? He's now joined the team with Lance Pogmire. They're going to be in the chat on on Saturday night. We are going to be still covering the fight on Saturday night like we always do. Uh, PPV.com is the most interactive way to stream PPV events. No subscriptions required. Live chat, fan videos, feeds available in both English and Spanish. You can download the PPV app to all your favorite devices. You can stream it on your big screen TV, phone, computer, all that. So order Canelo Charlo on PPV.com right now. Believe me, I'm telling you, uh, it's the best way to do it. If you watch our show, that's the best way to do it. Uh, if you go to the link in the YouTube description, you will have uh, a direct link to order the pay-per-view Saturday night Canelo versus. I want to say I keep saying Crawford, but it's not. It's Canelo versus Charlo. Crawford's on my mind. Yeah, it's the C's. It's the C's. But um, listen, Charlo, 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 Charlo is a fantastic fighter. He's undisputed in 54. Mm-hmm. This is a big fight, huge fight. Um, you mentioned Jim Lampley. We inter- I inter- I got the chance to interview Jim recently uh, live on on ProBox TV. Nice. And uh, listen, man, the guy hasn't missed. He hasn't missed a beat. So for you fans at home, make sure you tune in for that live fan experience because it's Jim Lampley. We have missed Jim. Yep. We're looking at five years now. What is it? Four or five years? He hasn't broadcast. Any- I think twenty eight seventeen or twenty eighteen was the end of HBO. I try not to think about it. it makes yes. me sad. So we're looking. At, we're looking at. We're looking at. Five years, no Canelo Jim Lampley. G. The best story, 
the best storyteller in boxing. Yeah. We had him on Pro Box TV. He was telling stories. We're all sitting there enamored. I mean, <laughs> I, it, the guy hasn't missed the beat. And so, so you fan, I told him that you and I had done the PBD uh, live chat and how, what the experience was like. He was very excited that he nice. got, the, got some inside scoop on it. Um, so he's really looking forward to it. So fans, Jim is a knock. He knocks it out of the park every single time. Definitely tune in. You, you don't want to miss that. It's, it's Jim Lampley's first, first public back to boxing. That's so and cool. He's very excited about it, which means we should be excited. Isn't about it kind of cool? Like, uh, I, I've been like, I live day to day. I have so much going on and with John Boy and everything. And, and we all do, right? So I, I've been like, yeah, life, thinking, life, life gets in the way, man. Right. I've been thinking about Vegas. I've been thinking about uh, more and more. And I'm like, oh crap. Like, we're going to be working with Jim Lampley. Like, that that's amazing. Like, we're going to be doing like videos with him. Like, I plan to ask him so many, like, of the shorts that I do on Instagram, like your Rush, uh, your Mexican Mount Rushmore. Your, your who's your favorite all-time call. And actually, that makes me think, we're giving away one free pay-per-view right now. Go to YouTube comment section and comment your favorite Jim Lampley call of all time, whether it's Michael Moore, George Foreman one, whether it's any of those classic Mike Tyson ones, any of the uh, Manny Pacquiao's. Uh, he, Gatti, he, called yeah. him, he called a bunch of Gerald Gotti fights, yeah. Yeah, so give me your favorite Jim Lampley call. Uh, me and Chris will go through the comment section and we'll find one lucky um, person. That's a, that's a good question for real hardcore fans. Well, I'm going to ask him too when we're out in Vegas and we'll get a short on that. But go to the uh, YouTube and um, comment your favorite Jim Lampley call. We will pick a, a winner. That's just one of five free pay-per-views that we're given out uh, next week and this week for Canelo Charlo uh, fight week. Let's go to Zhang versus Joyce before we talk on Canelo yes. a little more. Good gracious, Chris. Our guy, Zillai Zhang, John Boy Media, friend of the show, friend of the company, friend of ours, knocks out Joe Joyce in three rounds, even easier than last time. Lands 50% of his power shots. This time it was the right hand. You you called it. Um, I didn't think it was going to be this quick. I thought maybe second half of the fight. I did pick predict Zhang uh, stoppage. Uh, I did have Hitchens uh, as well, so my parlay hit. Yeah, baby. Um, but wow, Zilhai Zhang, man, he he's the, he's he's a phenomenon now. He's he's beloved by fans, and not only that, he's not just like some gimmick guy now. He is a legit contender in the heavyweight division. He can fight Fury, Joshua, Wilder, Usyk. I want to see Zilhai Zhang against the big boys at heavyweight. Zhang reminds me of a guy like me. Beat the guy who's supposed to get the guy. You get the guy. Hmm. That it, this is this is boxing merit, meritocracy, which is something that I have always optimistically. I, when I was a fighter, I was very optimistic. I'm pessimistic, CA now as a pundit, but as a fighter, I was always I was always very optimistic. I was very stupid, <laughs> and I thought if I beat the guy, I would get the guy. It worked out for me, and it seems like it's working out for Shang, which is which I love to see. I love to see the underdog come out on top. Um, he was the underdog against. Joyce the first time a lot of people thought that Joyce was going to upset reset this whole thing he was going to do what he was supposed to do the first fight and he did less Zhang yeah. impressed even even myself um I I thought it was going to be more competitive I saw Zhang winning I thought he was going to win by knockout hmm. but I thought it was going to take more time he, it wasn't just the fact that I don't think Joyce looked bad I just think Zhang looked that good. Yeah. If you really looked at, I'm looking at it from a boxer's perspective. He looked so sharp. 
offensively and defensively, you really go back and watch that fight and you watch his reactions and his eyes. I'm taking the, sh- the, the glasses <laughs> off now. The eyes. Yeah. His, his, his eyes were so sharp that night. He was seeing everything. Watch his hand position. He caught everything. You're the compu box guy. You're the numbers guy. I can't imagine that Joyce landed anyone. I think he landed six punches. Like, yeah. Six punches. That's wild. Six. And uh, wild wild to hear that number, but also as I'm watching it, that makes sense. Because Zhang was so sharp, and everything that was coming out, he stayed so calm, so tight, so in the pocket. Doom, doom, picking the spots off. For people listening on 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 uh, iTunes, you should guys should watch the video. You should watch our YouTube. Because, yeah. I mean, his ability to just, boom, hand goes up, catches it. Boom, hand goes up, catches up. And then he's just looking for a shot. And he, and he loaded up at the right times. He put punches out there at the right times. Picked his punches beautifully. The precision, the accuracy, the boxing IQ right. was next level. I've never seen Zhang that good. Right, the IQ. And and that's the main, the main point, Chris. The IQ. The IQ. Because everyone, IQ I, I mean, I'm guilty so of this. wildly different. I'm guilty of this last week. I went back and I was listening to the show. And I was like, Zhang's going to fight the same way he always fights. And that's Southpaw Stance 1-2. I apologize because that's not exactly who he is. He's more than that. He is a very good boxer. We're talking about a 2008 silver medalist uh, in the Olympics. He's not just. Yeah, but he's a... always been that. We got to get, we got to hear to Sean George, his coach. Yeah, he's awesome. The whole team a, is great. The whole team is great. Yes. And, but Sean George, as a coach, as a former fighter, as a, a good technical boxer, as a fighter, his ability to make those adjustments with Jang, even at the age of 40, 41 years old. He's teaching old dog new tricks, and he's doing yeah. it at the highest level. That's super impressive. Yeah, I mean, everything from him was outstanding. Um, we're talking about a guy that's that's standing at six foot eight. We measured him at the John by Media office. Southpaw stance, power, good defense, good jab. Obviously has the most powerful left hand and maybe in the heavyweight division, but it was a right hand that knocked Joyce out, and it wasn't like some, you know, a quick shot or anything. It was a perfectly placed shot at the bell, and when – Joyce went down front forward. And when you see a guy go down on his face, like Timber, are you raising your hand, Chris? I'll do it. No, this is what Joy, this is uh, what uh, Zhang did. Down. Walk off, walk off, yeah. tail, hand up. He did while well, he put his hand up. He knew it because, you know, when you, I've heard from fighters, I'm not a fighter. Uh, if you go on Twitter, you can see my punching form uh, last night at the bar. Um, you not know good. that when he landed, that was bad. <laughs> I did it on purpose. We're, we're going to work on it. We're going to work on this in Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. We have something very. Fun plan in Vegas. Uh, when he landed that shot, you know that he felt it go through his arm. I've heard that. And up his body. And he knew that he wasn't getting up. But when you fall forward like that, I've seen f- fighters fall back. Obviously, falling forward is a whole nother. You're hurt. You know, very. I don't know how Joyce even got up. The guy's a freak. Um, we'll get to him next. But what's next for, for, for Zhang? I mean, immediately he calls out Tyson Fury. Uh, both fighters are under Frank Warren. Uh, Zhang is co-promoted by Frank Warren and, and top rank. They want Fury. I'm sure Frank Warren is looking into it because Zhang ha- brings a lot of uh, fanfare uh, with with China. But that's what's next. That's what he wants. But he's the WBO interim champ. Hergovic is the mandatory for Usyk. So if Usyk doesn't get Fury, Usyk is going to have to fight Hergovic to keep his belt. Same way he did with Dubois. Like that was not a fight that Usyk selected. That was a fight that was given to him so he can keep his belts. So that's how that would go. So. Maybe Zhang gets in there with someone uh, in the top 10 or top five and they wait out a uh, Hergovic Usyk. Uh, maybe Fury just decides after Ngannou, like, yeah, I'll fight Zhang. I mean, I would love to see it. I, I honestly think 
that Zhang is a top five heavyweight now. Uh, do you do you agree? Uh, I put out a tweet yesterday that he, him, and Usyk are the only active guys, active that are doing anything in the heavyweight division. Yes, Joshua too. Throw Joshua in there too. I don't mean to slight him, but Wilder's not fighting. Fury's fighting MMA guys or or washed up fighters. So shout out to Zhang. Shout out to Usyk. Shout out to AJ for the, the only heavyweights that are are doing something right now. But like, where do you see Zhang? Like, how do you see him going up against some of those the top four, the big four? Well, I don't think there's any there's any other place to put him besides top five because inactivity takes you out of the ranking, right? If you haven't put for a year, you're out of the ranking in terms of what the rule set should be. Um, so, yes, he's top five. Um, Ergovich and that Usyk fight, that's the mandatory. That's, that's probably what is going to or should happen. Um, if there's a way that they can uh, petition for – Zang to get the Usyk fight, I'm all for that. I, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of working parts. I love that fight. I love that fight. I think. I, it, listen, if if it was not for Ergovich standing in the way, who has a win over Zhang, yeah, that's barely. the fight, right? That's the that's the fight, right? Barely. Um, that's the fight. But basically, it's that. It's like if you're looking at who has the deserving shot versus Usyk. Listen, I'm not even talking about Tyson. Period. He's as far as I'm concerned, he's not in the world of boxing right now. He's <laughs> he's fighting outside of the sport. But isn't it he funny they still years. call them? Isn't it funny though? That's the first name they mentioned. So that's the money. That's where the money's at. Well, it's the money fight. It's the money fight. They're going for the money fight, which I which I understand. Jang's he, forty one years old. He, he he deserves it. He deserves a money fight. But there's a there's money in the Usyk fight. And there's also a lot of titles involved with that, and it's a winnable fight. What for about Zhang versus is, What about Zhang versus Wilder? Good God, love it. But again, uh, Wilder's another guy who's been out of the, he's been yeah. so inactive ranking wise. He's not really he should not be there anymore. Zhang should be ahead of him. Um, love that fight. I love I love Zhang against all of them. Right? We t- we always talk about those top guys. We talk about the Joshua. We talk about Wilder. We talk about um, Usyk. We talk about a Fury. We talk about Ruiz. Ruiz is another one of those dark horses right there. Um, I see Zhang with every one of those guys, um, whether beating them or competitive. He's there. Um, and he deserves uh, a, a bunch of money either way. But oh. if you're being smart, right? So you've got the Ergovich Usyk fight, which is mandatory for next. Which, uh, if everything ha- happens the way it should, which never happens, <laughs> they should be fighting next. Which, which kind of leaves Zhang out, right? Yeah. Because Joshua's not fighting him. Um, Tyson's not fighting. Uh, Andy Ruiz is looking for a fight, but he wants big money. He's probably not going to get it with Zhang unless they go to China. Right. So that's another thing. Zhang has the China thing. But does he, though? I don't he know can... how much, though. Why would he not? I, I, I have to look into it. But he, in, in theory, yes. Yeah, in theory, yes. So you can you can, you can can lure one of those top guys to China with big money to fight Zhang. Um, so, you know, there's always that. But, like, in the meantime, if, if – if, listen, what, what, what about a Zhang and a um, – um, who did, who did Joshua fight? Uh, Franklin. Franklin. Zhang Franklin. And 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 Zhang does what he's been doing, guys. And then he goes, listen, Joshua went went 12 with this guy. I just stopped him or I dominated him. What's up? Keep busy. Because then it gives him a little bit of leeway to see what happens with Usyk and Ergovich. And then he could potentially go for that. But I think, I, I honestly, I think Usyk's the way. That's I think that should be the goal for, for, for Zhang. Get those titles, man those titles come with money. Uh, the Fury fight, I think, is is there's just way too many obstacles. Um, 
I think he's too dangerous for the guys like the Wilders, the Joshuas, the Andy Ruiz's, the Take. Andy, I don't know. Andy, Andy, Andy's been out for a long time. He needs, I mean, he needs he's, a fight. he's he's frustrating. They're all frustrating. That's why Zhang is yeah. coming along at the perfect time. Zhang I mean, is just, refreshing. He's yeah, refreshing because he he'll refreshing. fight anybody. He's 40, he's though. It's a problem, but not a big problem because, like, we've talked about this numerous times. If you're a fight fan, you know that um, heavy, heavyweights can fight into their 40s. It's the last thing to go is and power. And his style because he has power and is and um as long as long as he keeps the pace low like he does against a guy like Joyce yeah. and I don't think any of those other guys are going to push the pace um I think Andy's the most dangerous guy cuz Andy can push a pace um but you know uh, I, just, I don't know a lot of options but who's going to take that fight cuz he's dangerous There's a lot of options I hope it just doesn't get frozen out of a big fight um I do want to see Fury Usyk still uh, but I gladly take Zhang stepping in to fight Usyk, Zhang stepping in to fight Fury, uh, Zhang fighting Joshua. Although that would take War- uh, you know, Warren and and Hearn working together, which obviously doesn't seem too likely. But since heavyweight division is a lot of money involved, uh, but he's going to get a big payday, and he couldn't be more deserving. Everyone, the, the Lane brothers, uh, the son, the sons of legendary Mills Lane, the late Mills Lane. They've guided his career perfectly. I love seeing them going nuts in the ring again. He's awesome, man. He came, like you said, it's refreshing, and he's come along at the perfect time when there, there's a lot of heavyweights that aren't giving us the fights we want, and he's a guy that doesn't talk a lot, but when he does, he's funny, and he's delivering big knockouts. So that was really cool to see this weekend when there was a lot of negative press in the boxing world. Um, quickly, DraftKings. I won some bets this weekend. I bet against Colorado in, fo- in college football because I knew they were going to lose. A lot of people were putting money on Colorado because they're the hottest thing in sports right now with Deion Sanders. They get steamrolled by Oregon, 42 to 6. Uh, 21 points was the spread. I was like, that's the easiest bet I'll ever make. And then I took Zhang, knockout, Hitchens, money line, parlay, hit on that too. So we are back with another week of football too. And DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in the NFL action with great offers every single day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 and instantly in bonus bets, throw $5 uh, down on any of this week's epic matchups, walk away an instant winner. It's a pretty damn good deal. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two offers every game day this September. Football's a lot more fun. When you're in on the action, so download the app now. Sign up with code IBL. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 instant bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code IBL. The crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, you're going to go ahead and call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.dot.100, uh, excuse me, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 887 887- Eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-4 uh, excuse me, seven 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 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, licensed partner of the Golden Nugget in Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in O N T C Sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football. For terms and eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources, bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Say something, Chris, because I can't breathe. <laughs> Dan, we, we so in Vegas, we're going to train, bro. I'm going to teach you how to punch. We're going to get you in a little bit of better shape. We're going to be in one day. Well, we're we're going we're to be there for five, so we got a lot of we got we're going to make we're going to make you a little mini mini training camp. Next that would week, be awesome. everyone, tune in, tune in. 
See his, his, his read this week. Check his read next week. I bet you it's better. An improvement? Yeah, I mean, I mean, those peds are going to kick in soon, so right. that's that's and another thing. But also, we're gonna we're we're gonna train. Had a tough loss on the Blitzball Diamond. Uh, hook line sinkers. My my team is we're the five seed now. Uh, we're playing at Billy's Sports Bar. If anyone's watches or listens to this show and lives in the New York area, we're playing at Billy's Sports Bar in the Bronx, an actual sports bar. Playing Blitzball there. We're playing Jimmy and Jake. We got them in the Ooh. first game. We can take yeah. them down. We can take them down. They 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 stink. We can beat them. But I'm I I need to find my 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 pitches. I need to hit better. You also you gotta you gotta be you gotta be sharp up top. You gotta be well, sharp up top because those guys they can talk. I know I know Jake can talk. Jake can talk. He can. His his, his handle is talking Jake. I mean, it's all he, he does talk. all day long. He's got a, a million baseball right. podcasts and, and he's gonna he's gonna him. talk during the during the game. I'm sure he's gonna he's gonna try and get in your head, man. You yeah, gotta not be. You gotta. You gotta be the old man. You gotta be the old man with the with the with the solid resolve. I, I got that. I just gotta hit better. And uh, and we're gonna be at Billy's on Sunday, October first. So I'm Tuesday to Friday. Tuesday to Saturday, I'm in Vegas, flying back, going right to Billy's Sunday. We have a post fight episode after Canelo. Uh, let's talk about Canelo and and Charler a little bit. Uh, I was trying to put together Canelo's best wins. Um. Where would you rank this win? If Canelo beats Charlo, where would you have it in his his top five? His top five is pretty hard to put together. Uh, we can kind of work mm-hmm. through this top five right now. Uh, but where would you put a, a Canelo win over Charlo at his top five? Depends how he does it. Depends how he does it. Um, a win, he's supposed to win, right? If, if uh, we really Canelo's think about the it, favorite, yeah. According to DraftKings, yeah, no, but like, but 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 in boxing, boxing people, he's supposed to win. He's two weight classes up. Um, Charlo hasn't been active. Um, yeah, and Canelo, I, I, I think a lot of the question is because Canelo hasn't looked as great lately, and he's coming off a hand injury and whatnot. Um, I think a lot of people are, um, I think that I think people are mistaking the John Ryder fight because I said it going into the fight. I'm like, I'm like, that's a bad guy to fight. You're not. It's hard to look good. I thought he looked better than than I expected. Um, I thought he performed really well, especially in the early half of the fight. Faded a little bit at the end. Got hit with a bunch of. He got hit a lot. But that's John is good and right. he's tough and he, and he's and he's scrappy. So those scrappy kind of guys who's who are very durable, the way John is, um, he's going to make any fight tight, any fight tough as long, especially as more it goes. Um, and if you're not going to stop him, listen, Canelo almost did. Canelo dropped him. I was surprised. If Canelo would have stopped him in the fifth round, we we wouldn't be talking about this at all. Right? Yeah, but I think that's a big went story the distance. Line. Yeah, listen, first six rounds, Canelo looked. I mean, first eight rounds, Canelo looked phenomenal, like 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 amazing, and then he got John back into the fight. And we tend to think about the last half of a fight or last quarter of a fight or the twilight of a of a fight, uh, oftentimes, um, especially in hindsight. But um, no, I don't I don't think Canelo is as slipped as much as a lot of people are saying. He no. definitely has slipped. He's definitely on, on the other end of it, but he's still he's still Canelo. He's still Canelo. one of the best. Still Canelo, which I, I, a lot of people are having trouble seeing. He's um, very motivated so he, for this fight. I, I think he's very motivated. I think as he Charlo's, should be. He's got a dangerous yeah. guy in front of him. I think Charlo's very motivated too. Um, it's just like obviously Canelo's last couple of fights haven't been up to Canelo's standards. He's still getting wins. Uh, the Golovkin fight was kind of lackluster. The Ryder fight towards the end, obviously, uh, he got to he went the distance when he you know maybe uh 2018 to 21 or 22 version of Canelo would have taken out Ryder. And with Charlo, he just we just haven't seen enough of him for a while. 
for a three-year span, Charlo was knocking everyone out at 154. Mm-hmm. He was avenging losses even when he was in close ones. Um, he is a damn good fighter, too. It's just we just haven't seen a lot of him. The hand injury hasn't fought in almost over a year. So that's playing a little bit into the build-up to this fight. But I do think things will ramp up next week. Where it would rank among Canelo's best wins, I think it would be somewhere in the top three. This is my list of Canelo's best wins. Um, it's tough because he every made me realize that a lot of Canelo fights are controversial or they are very, very close. Number five, I have Canelo's win over Miguel Cotto. Uh, that was Canelo's like big coming out party. His first like real big fight before he took on uh, uh, Golovkin. And Cotto was on the other side of it, but he still put up a really good fight uh, with Canelo. And I thought Canelo did a good job in that fight to pick up a win over a big time performer. Number four, I have a tie. I have both Caleb Plant and Trout. The Trout fight was interesting because Trout came when he was at his highest powers. He had just beat Cotto and Canelo was taking on a guy in Trout that he didn't exactly have to fight at 154. Slick Southpaw and Canelo handled him. The Plant fight was another big one for Canelo. He gets the knockout. It's part of his, uh, it puts the, the the finishing touch on 168 becoming undisputed there. So that's, I have that at number four. Number three is the most controversial of all of Canelo's fights, uh, besides the first Golovkin fight, is Arizlandi Lara. Right? Arizlandi, uh, people still to this day. Do you still think, do you think Lara won that fight or do you think Canelo won? I think Lara won that fight. Hmm. I don't I have that in Canelo's a while. What'd you say? I don't have that in Canelo's top wins. Well, I mean, he got his hand raised. So I'm going by what we think. I'm going by what BoxRec says, and but there was another fight that, that Canelo did not have to take. Like, no one was demanding that Canelo fight Arizlandi Lara, another slick southpaw, uh, right before a, a Mayweather fight. Or was it after Mayweather or was it before Mayweather? No, it was, I think it was after Mayweather. Uh, what, no, um, I can pull it up right no, now. No, because it was Charlo uh, – not Charlo, sorry. Trout was right before Mayweather. He got the win. It was very controversial. Uh, Canelo haters will say that he lost. The Canelo backers will say that he didn't have to fight him, and that's uh, well. I'm not a Canelo hater, but I I, I think he lost. Uh, where is that? Lara was after. Yeah, it was after Mayweather. Wow, it was Mayweather, yeah. Angulo, Lara, Kirkland, Cotto, Khan. It was Trout. That was before Mayweather. I get the fight. Trout. That was the fight get, right before. I get that because. You needed to step up. I have tried in my top five. I because that because Cano was so young, and it was his first. I think that was his first major, major step against a guy who was really, really dangerous who could win the fight. Because Trout had beaten Cotto, and yeah, Cano no fought him. And, yeah, that was At yeah, Barclays, that, that was so weird. Yeah, it was that was uh that was a very awesome win for Trout, and it it just it really just anointed Trout for what he was is a very very good fighter. Um, so that, that set up that fight and then Canelo's win there, Canelo being super young when he fights 22, 23, something yeah. about at that age. Um, so stepping up and fighting a guy like Trout, who's as good as Trout was, tricky as Trout was coming off a win over Cotto, a legend. That was a big, big fight because of, you got to look at that one in totality. Yeah. That was yeah. a big fight. So, so three, I have Lara. Two, I have the second. And not, not, not a controversial win. He won the fight. No, he did. Two, I have the second Golovkin win. And to me, this could be easily number one because I do think Canelo won the second Golovkin fight. That's my number one. Yeah, I do think Canelo won the second Golovkin fight. I think this turned the tide for Canelo in terms of making him a massive star. And also... And he changed his style, too, which was very... Right, he stood and traded with Golovkin. 
and there pushed, were any detractors the pushed them back any detractors at the time um even canelo's own fans own mexican fans never really bought into canelo never was like there wasn't like delahoya or chavez because they didn't always like the way he fought but that fight against golovkin the second one he stood in there in the pocket traded with with uh triple g well he fought triple g mexican style which is which is triple g's thing yeah i think he wanted to i think he wanted to obviously win and then he also wanted to win by beating golovkin at his own game because you know golovkin going around saying mexican style that had a pissed off uh canelo and that win right there set him off uh uh to do great things and, and become like a massive star did you ever think Canelo at 147, 154 coming up. I knew he'd be a star, but I didn't think he'd be like what he is right now. 50 million per fight. Like everyone knows who he is. He, my girlfriend and her cousins know Canelo. He's a one, he's a one name guy. Like he's up there with the greats. I thought he'd be big. Never thought he would be where he's at right now. And I think that second Golovkin fight was how he went from here to here. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I, I I told you I told the story in this podcast a million times when I when I sparred him and he had uh, he had a big two page spread in Ring Magazine. He had fought Leonardo Tyner, wow. who Leonardo was my main sparring partner for Ruslan Pavanikov. I brought him in for camp, um, and Leonardo, Leonardo was a scrappy dude. If you ever watch, if you probably never watched that fight, they, I think they fought in Mexico City. That was the last time that can all fought there. Pull it up. Um, they went the distance, um, and Leonardo Leonardo's good really good and he fought a really good fight against canelo canelo was like a baby um and canelo dominated the fight but it was it was a scrap it was a real scrap because Leonardo was a really scrappy guy and uh that's when i first heard about him in the magazine and then i sparred with him and then i remember you know feeling good about the sparring session and then it was like a year later i saw another uh, I don't know if it was in Ring Magazine again or if it was on Fox and whatever. And like he, he's a, he's in a Lamborghini. I'm like, <laughs> this guy's in a. I'm like, this guy's in a yeah, Lamborghini. I'm like, I, sp- I, sp- I sparred this guy. That was like, 2010. This is, this is crazy. Uh, this was t- at that time. It was probably 2012. 20 yeah, um, 2011. 2012 was the first time I saw him watch watched him fight live, and that was against Mosley, and that was on the Mayweather Cotto undercard. For a while, he was fighting right underneath Mayweather, which was very smart from Golden yes. Boy. When Golden Boy yeah. was promoting Mayweather, and like no, there was there then, was a there was a big push for him. That's right. that's why I'm not as surprised. I'm surprised in terms of how good he got because he he got better and better and better. He was really good when I sparred him. I was really impressed with um, his hand technique, his his hand position, his defense. His defense was was surprisingly good. Um, his physical strength, the power wasn't anything crazy to me, but but, I, but his technique was really really impressive. And that's that's really important when a young fighter, when their technique is there early on, um, the hand position, the, the, his, his ability to understand the ring. And listen, I'm a very savvy boxer, and obviously, like I could understand what was going on in the ring. I'm like, kid's good, kid's good. Kid's good. He's gonna, one he's day he'll be a, a lot of potential. Star. And number one, I think he's going to be an absolute superstar. But yeah, yeah. He, now he, look at him now. My number one Canelo win is Sergey Kovalev. Um, I think going up to 175, you can debate. If Kovalev was half drunk, <laughs> you can debate if Kovalev was at the top guy at 175. I don't think he, he wasn't, but he was still a legitimate 175 pounder. Still had something left in the tank. And, and the way that Canelo won with that knockout, he raced all doubt. I had him down on the cards heading into that 10th, 11th round. It could have been his first loss in years, but he finds a way to win. Knocks out a 175 pounder. Took 175 pounders best shots to become a five division world champion 
I think that's uh, Canelo's best win. And I think it's a precursor to what we're going to see um, in the ring with, with Charlo in terms of Canelo's chin being uh, something that could be the difference in this fight, taking punches. Uh, yes, Charlo's bigger, but you know Canelo has the, uh, the chin of a guy that's been up to 175. And you look at Charlo, hasn't been above 154. I hasn't even you know tested the waters at 160. Now he's going to, to 168. So I got Kovalev number one. Controversial because yeah, everything about Canelo is controversial. I got him switch one and two. I had I had Triple G number two number as my number one because of how much in, how much closer Triple G was to his prime at the time when right. they fought compared to Kovalev. But Kovalev historically is a massive win. And it's he's a he called this a scary guy no matter what no matter where you are. He still he knocked out Anthony Yard after that. Like he still yeah. you know, he was he was still a very, very dangerous guy and a legend in the sport. So yeah, I I agree. That's a massive, massive win, a massive feather in the cap for 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 Canelo. But I, I still got Triple G number one. Number two is going to be for me is going to be is going to be that Kovalev fight. So yeah, we're not we're not far off. Um, but yes, I think the chin is one of the major storylines of this fight because Charlo, who, and you're the numbers guy again, not a busy guy, not really, but has turned into a puncher in the second half of his career, right? Yeah. Wasn't a puncher early on. No. Gets with Derek James, start knocking everybody out. Uh, the two guys who beat him, he knocked out in the rematches. That's huge. So every guy he's been in the ring with, he's beaten. That's huge. Uh, but it's 54. And Canelo has one of the best chins in boxing. All the way up to 175 against Kovlev, who is a killer puncher. So, yeah. So if Charlo can't hurt Canelo, how does he win? If Charlo can't hurt Canelo... And he's not a busy puncher. How does he beat Canelo? Right, I couldn't agree more. That's, I, I think that that's, Canelo, that's yeah. my my mindset for this fight. Yeah, I think Canelo. Both guys throw don't throw a lot of punches, but Canelo's a little more active, a little more dynamic. Explosive. Yeah. Uh, the the dynamic, the explosiveness, the eye catching, uh, his ability to to win moments and rounds, uh, his ability to steal rounds, I think is is really important. You know what's crazy? I'm looking at I got Canelo's box rec up. So. Like, obviously, we glossed over a Jacobs win. We glossed over a Callum Smith win. He dominated Callum Smith. We glossed over a Billy Joe Saunders win. Um, that's one, that's on my top five, Billy Joe, because I was there for that fight. And Billy Joe is a very difficult guy to fight. And I mean, Canelo, yeah. Canelo emphatically ended that fight. Been on quite a run. Um, it is interesting to put this together because um, a lot of these wins were controversial. A lot of these wins, uh, some don't think were uh, wins for, for Canelo. Um, even the Golovkin ones, uh, the B-ball obviously was not a yeah. win, but he's he's fought is it's an impressive resume, and he's far from from done. I think that's a big storyline too in this fight. Is this is like the he's not definitely on the back nine, Canelo, but he's not like going on some retirement tour. Like he wants to take out Charlo. Maybe he'll fight Jamal Charlo. Maybe he'll fight Terence Crawford. Uh, maybe he'll take on Benavidez. You know, this is like the 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 final chapter of his legacy. And it's going to be against some big names because it's at PBC and they have the big names for him. It's his first fight with PBC on this new deal. I think that's a big part of it, too. I can't wait to get out there and talk to him. I think we're going to have some time with him uh, with Lampley. Going to ask him a lot of questions. Going to ask him some stuff about talking English, speaking English. Because that's like new Canelo now. Because when I interviewed him last month in New York City, he was just, you know, he was awesome. He's full-fledged English now. And he's funny. 
and he expresses himself, and I got a lot of questions for him. I, I've spoken to Canelo personally several times. I mean, his English is actually very good, so um, that's not really surprising. I mean, he's put in the work for it. Um, so, yeah, he 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 takes he takes this position as the face of boxing, um, as the heart and soul of Mexican boxing, very very seriously, yeah. as he should. Um, he is a business. He is a, he is an enterprise. So, um, yeah, it's, it, next week's gonna be inter- interesting. I think. I think. I, listen, I'm excited about this fight. I'm getting more and more excited. Next week, I'm gonna be even that much more excited. So, yeah. it's a good fight. That's how it works. That's how it works. You can build yourself up. It's it's beginning of the week, and then we're gonna get closer and closer to it. it's Canelo. It's Canelo fighting a a name that everyone has wanted him to fight with. Another last thing that I thought was interesting. I'm gonna we're gonna talk about it more next week. Is like both guys were champions. Both guys were champs at 154 at the same time, which I I saw that a tweet about that and I had to back it up. 2016 uh, is when Charlo first won his uh, belt, a vacant belt, WBO, and Canelo had just beat Liam Smith. So they have been intertwined for a while, but as Canelo moved up, it kind of went from another good win for Canelo in hindsight. Liam Smith, right? (laughs) Yeah, KO to the body. That's another yeah. very impressive win. If you and look really at look him at now, it. yeah, Liam Smith's still yeah. fighting, and you know, obviously, he, he beat Ubank, and then he, he just he lost and just didn't look good. But he's re- had a resurgence too. Canelo's had so many good fights. I mean, the, the the people that don't like him, it's like a personal thing because he is his resume is crazy, and he's not even close to being done. But we are close to done. Chris's cigar is done. He started this episode with a full cigar. Now it's down to a nub. It's now dark. Uh, it's time to go, my friends. So thank you to ppv.com. Thank you to DraftKings. Thank you to you for listening. Free giveaways all week long. ton of content. We're going to do an in-ring breakdown. We're going to be hanging out with Lampley. We're going to be going and getting steaks. We're going to be doing a lot, of, a lot of stuff in Vegas. You ready, Chris? I heard, I, the last thing I heard was steaks. My <laughs> mind has just been cleared. It's like Homer Simpson. My, my mind has been clear now. Steak? Yeah, we're doing like Homer steaks? with donuts. All right, we're doing steak. All right, everybody. I was talking to Trist. I was talking to our friend Trist Dixon. Uh, let's get some steaks with us, so. Yeah, he's going. He's, he's making going. another pilgrimage. Uh-huh. Wow, and I know Rob Tebbett's going for boxing news, and a lot of the media will be there, so we'll be in that tent. Again. Trist, think- Trist, and I are going to do our usual talking about uh, dogs, and steaks, and working out. Yeah, so. you guys are like some red-blooded uh, mammals. Two of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> get out of their way. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Keep your hands up at all times. Protect yourselves at all times. Stay out of those DMs unless you have a steak dinner lined up for us in Vegas. <laughs>